Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. And this is Mike Fader, once again, having survived to be here this Friday. And um, welcome to everybody who is listening live. I thank, thanks, my thanks to everybody who got in touch with me and to those who will be listening on podcast. I appreciate everybody who sent me an email. Let me know where that you're listening, where you are, what you do. As always, I'm interested in that. So if you want to uh, get in touch with me about anything that I'm saying on the show or just to get in touch... Uh, let me know that you are there. Um, you can go to my website, Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. And uh, there'll be a way to get in touch with me um, in that place, on that site. I don't know where to start. I should 
I really should. I keep saying this all the time. I've been saying it for years, but I really should. It's hard to do it, though. Turn my back. Can you turn your back on what's going on in the world? I don't know. I've spent most of my uh, 150 years, or however old I am, um, paying attention to what's going on in the world. And um, is it, here's, the, here's the eternal question, which I've asked before here, and I'm sure other people ask this question too. Is the world getting worse, both in sort of, I would say natural, but a lot of the natural disasters that are occurring, melting ice caps, uh, hurricanes, uh, droughts, all these other things, uh, are really not always so so natural. They're you know caused by uh, human beings, <clears throat> but all these things are that are happening, and then all the dictatorships and the the mass the ma- great amounts of mass murder and torture and violence and revolution and war and plague and there is no end to it. Is it worse now than it ever was before, or do we know about it better now? Are we more able to understand, uh, to hear about it uh, on TV, on our phones, um, in the newspapers, on the radio, every other way, all the different ways we have of getting this information all the time? Uh, It's 24-7. When I see people walking on the streets, uh, every single person walking right on the subway, I see people walking on the streets, maybe six, seven, eight out of ten people most of the time when I'm walking around the city or when I'm uh, on the subway or on the bus or something, 60, 70, 80 percent, depending on, you know, what time of the day it is or what day it is, are looking at their phones or some other device. And I know most of it is uh, personal communication or they're listening to music, and, but it's got to be mixed in. There's bulletins. People are plugged into the news all the time. There is never any end of this stuff coming at you. And if it's not that, it's all the stuff that happens domestically, right? You know, all this uh, craziness. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to turn away from the news, figure out something else to do. I know people, I don't really have it physically, mentally, or even the backbone. Did I ever have it? Or do I certainly don't have it now to just go off and live in the wilderness or uh, find a farm? I mean, is there anywhere you could go? Used to be people would go back in the 60s, they'd go to a commune someplace and just be out of touch. There was a time <coughs> when you could be out of touch. There was a time when you could be out of touch. Before there were cell phones and before there were laptops and before everything was wireless, you could go somewhere. You could go anywhere. Um, you had, if you drove in a car, yeah, there was the car radio. People usually listened to music. There wasn't that much news on the car radio, except 1010 Winds in New York City. Are there there all news stations in in other cities? There must be. But we have a station in New York City, 1010 Winds. And I think they showed up about 30, 40 years ago. And uh, it's 24 hours of news. Sports news. um, And sports, you know, sports news, uh, international news, national news, local news, the weather, the traffic, on and on and on. Uh, they have a, a motto, um, uh, you give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. Now it's, uh, you give us two seconds, and we'll give you everything that's going on in the world, in your face, in your ears. <laughs> but there was, yes, there was, once upon a time, uh, an era 
uh, a culture, um, a place on this earth, uh, most places on this earth, in our country, where you could get away from this. I don't mean get away, you know, lie in the sun somewhere on a vacation. Well, you could do that, too, and just deliberately turn your back on the world as much as you could do that. Uh, and as much as it was a good idea to do it, but it was sometimes. You just had to get away, right? Whatever it was. I mean, depending on how much money you had, you could go up to a park someplace upstate, <clears throat> take a bus, or you could drive the family car, or just get up. I mean, I remember sometimes my father and I used to drive up, and um, I'm sure people still do it, of course. You know, I'm sure people do it all over the, all over the country. But you could drive up there. There was no phone to remind you about anything. Nobody could reach you. You would drive up to a place, and my father and I did this a couple of times, camping trips, or just um, drive up to a lake upstate for the day and um, fish. Hardly any noise, unless somebody had had a huge, loud motorboat. But sometimes you could get to a place where there was just rowboats, right? And you would, um, you would fish, and it was quiet. And the phone couldn't ring because there were no phones. The only phone was one that might have been in the office if you stayed at a place where there were cabins. There were none in the cabins. Or there was no phone in your tent. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is particularly bad. Today. Let me try a little water, see if that makes any difference. I have throat coat tea. Let me try that. You don't mind, right? Occupy yourself with something. Check the news out. <laughs> take a look. Take a look. Like almost everybody I see, take a look at your phone and see who's calling you, what the latest sale is, what's new. While I, uh, while I take a drink. There are people come over to visit in my house, and uh, including my kids, until I tell them to stop doing it. Sound effects of me having throat coat tea. Will it help? I don't know. <clears throat> does not taste good, but it's supposed to work. Ah, yeah. Um, live radio. <laughs> there was, so, you know, people come over to my house and they're busy looking at, um, you know, if there's a lull in the conversation, let's say I go to the bathroom, I'm in the living room talking to somebody in my house, and I go to the bathroom, when I come out, inevitably, they're looking at their phone or talking to somebody or checking some text or something like that. I guess, yeah, it's, it's really addictive. And, of course, I'm lurking far behind the culture. Um, maybe it'll stay that way permanently, but um, it's difficult when everybody else is doing it. Even if I wanted to, uh, it's difficult not to get uh, one of these phones myself. Life would be a lot easier for me, although I'd be in constant touch, and then I'm sure I'd become addicted to it. Because I'm, when I'm home a lot during the day, I'm addicted to uh, my computer. I'm always on it every minute checking um, to see who sent me an email or who responded to this. I might even check and see what the latest news is. It's addictive. It's really addictive. <clears throat> so the news is always with us, and um, you can't avoid it. So is the world worse, or do we know more about it? There were always disasters. There were always um, horrible murders. There were always tremendous scandals. There were always wars. There were always plagues. There were always earthquakes. There was always uh, hurricanes, so nothing like there are now. All these things had always happened. There were revolutions. There were <clears throat> ethnic cleansing. There were tremendous, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people in various parts of the world. Just pick one, one of, out of, uh, you know, thousands out of, at random. In the, uh, 19 te in the teens, 19, 17, 18, 19, uh, the early 1920s, the, uh, <clears throat> the Turks, who were sort of famous for uh, mass murder uh, in their history, 
uh, tried to eliminate every single last Armenian, uh, Armenia being next to them or part of their uh, country that they had annexed or taken it over. But almost every Armenian living in Turkey, they attempted to burn them down, burn their cities, and murder every last one of them. And they succeeded in killing hundreds of thousands of them and starving a lot more. This was reported in the newspapers. <clears throat> I guess it's the number of news outlets and channels. I mean, now there are so many. If you don't read the paper, which is basically an antique thing to do, most newspapers are drying up. And um, maybe in a year or two years or three years, maybe more, maybe. But somewhere in the near future, there will be no newspapers. All the news will come over television or your laptop or your desktop, if people still have desktops, and, uh, or your phone mostly over your phone, your iPad, your uh, whatever it is, company that's making this, your Amazon pad, your Microsoft pad, your Google pad, it'll come over there. So the news never stops. And um, I think the world is actually getting worse. And you know more about it at the same time. It's a real double whammy. Uh, have you been reading? Now, part of this news is, and there's nothing new about this, too. There's nothing new about this. This always happened, although it always wasn't reported on so graphically and so constantly and so overwhelmingly. And maybe it's better, in these cases, it better, it's better that it is reported, which is, uh, sp to be specific, all these men and all their sexual predatory behavior, <clears throat> all, the, all the spousal abuse and all the sexual predatory behavior, all this stuff is being reported on all the time by everybody. And good that it is. It's good that it's all being exposed. Uh, the latest one being, uh, and you could just look at it as gossip until you see what the larger uh, psychological and cultural implications of it all are. Things are changing. Things are getting worse on one hand and changing for the better on the other hand. I mean, you take the Internet. Everybody's writing. There's literally articles now in the paper, and uh, people are wondering out loud in Congress and other places, that these uh, that the internet was which is going to join us all together and unite the whole world and save us all in every possible way it was a gift from god maybe it was god facebook and amazon and uh, google and all these places they were going to unite everybody a billion people on facebook and how many billion and a billion people using google every day all these things would unite us all it would be the final realization of all that was connective and best and communal in the whole earth. Now it turns out, to everybody's shock, although some people who with a little farsightedness could have seen this, that in some ways these tools for unity or for achieving an ideological, beautiful, together world uh, full of knowledge and communication have turned out to be incredibly manipulated, manipulated by, by bad doers. I mean, the Russians on Facebook, uh, fake news, um, uh, you know, scams every two seconds. <laughs> All this technological improvement has just made it easier for bad people to do bad things and given um, an instantaneous, much larger audience to do them to. It's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. So even people who are longtime tech idealists and were looking for the future, which would be like paradise, you know, um, because of these things, are now um, wondering what have they, uh, what has been wrought here? It is like that old joke that my father once told me, uh, and, and this was back in the 70s or the late 60s, 
uh, when computers were only just being used, the IBM computers, I think, exclusively, were gigantic things that sat in, in you know, corporations or in various places and were used by very, were understood by very few people. And uh, my father told me this joke. Can I remember it? Can I even tell a joke anymore? I don't know. <laughs> my, uh, it's, uh, he said, so all, all uh, he said, there, there's a, there was a time when all the world's science, when, when the best scientists and the best philosophers and the people who were the most knowledgeable in the world gathered in a room with this gigantic new computer. And into this computer had been fed all the knowledge of the world, all of it. All of it, every last thing that everybody ever knew about history, about culture, about science, about religion, about art, everything had been fed into this. There wasn't one scrap, one iota of human understanding or knowledge or expression or anything that hadn't been fed into this computer. <clears throat> so everybody's um, ready for the big moment. The head scientist goes over and... Um, looks at everybody, and he grabs a big switch on the computer, which said off, one of those, like, you know, 1930s Frankenstein switches, you know, that you grab by the handle and you pull down. And he grabs this big switch, and he pulls it from off, and he puts it on on, and there's a tremendous spark, and a tremendous almost like explosion, and sparks coming out from, from the switch, and it melts, and it is, um, it is soldered. It was... It was you know, it was frozen now on the on position. And, um, of course, I messed up the joke. But <laughs> when he goes over to pull the switch, when he goes over to pull the switch, he asks the question that everybody wants to ask, that all the scientists and all the historians and all the philosophers, he asks the question, he says, is the, he says to the computer with all this knowledge, is there a God? Then, yes, he throws the switch and it freezes, knocks him halfway across the room, freezes in the on position, and the computer says, now there is. Now, I, you know, there's all kinds of, be is that an anti-technology joke? No, my father was extremely pro-technology. His whole life was de dedicated to engineering and science and technology. It was just something that intelligent people understood even back then, when all this stuff was starting, that too much automation, too much technology, too much of this stuff can dehumanize the human race and that the technology itself, just like in the Terminator, would take over, would take over and find no use for human beings because human beings are so faulty and so soft and so prone to error that the, the uh, computers had no need for them anymore. Once computers and robots could make their own selves, they could replicate themselves. Once robots could make robots, and uh, computers can make other computers. Once they generated their own knowledge and information, who needs yours? <laughs> Human beings are like a bunch of ants or roaches to them. And they would just try to eliminate them. And what's going on now is uh, what you're seeing is what hopefully is not a last desperate attempt. Uh, these Senate hearings that are interesting, these Senate hearings where the, 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 uh, the government hearings and people who are investigating this about how Facebook got manipulated to, um, you know, by the Russians to alter um, uh, the results of elections. All this propaganda, all these things that were uh, made up, all this uh, garbage and nonsense, all this gossip, everything, information that was not available to other people that was supposed to be confidential that was put onto the computer as news. I saw a commercial on TV the other day 
watching too, too much TV as I do. I saw a commercial on TV the other day, and um, it's extraordinary. All this talk about fake news and this idiot president calling real news fake news so that nobody even knows what's real or right or wrong anymore. This guy, this guy is the last, he is the last installment of, um, will there be ever, will there ever be again after Trump, whatever happens, if he's impeached or is removed because he's out of his mind or um, he'll never, will he ever resign? I don't think so. He's having too much fun getting the whole world to notice him and be angry at him, but basically to be noticed. Will there ever be, here's a question, maybe we could ask, um, ask uh, the computer. We could ask some central computer. I could uh, maybe try this on Google, ask Google a question. <clears throat> Will there ever be an intelligent, let alone decent, American president again? I wonder what the answer would be. I wonder what the answer would be. I don't know. Because this guy looks like he is, I mean, he is actively in the process of, to me anyhow, destroying the entire office of the presidency and in the in the... In the, in the larger context, destroying everything that has to do with the way the Constitution was set up and the way our whole system was set up. He and his crazy, power-hungry friends and these cowardly, sniveling rats Republicans and these weak Democrats have all conspired, either consciously or unconsciously, to destroy our entire system of government, which, terribly imperfect as it was for the last couple of hundred years, worked pretty well to preserve more freedoms and more, um, more uh, civil liberties than in most other places on earth. But this is rapidly uh, going away. This is rapidly going away. <clears throat> and I got, I got completely turned away from my original intention here. Part of the news that is um, overwhelming everybody now in the last week or two are the, uh, and again, this is not a new story. This is something that's been happening forever, always. And women know much more that this is true than men. This, all this news about Harvey Weinstein, this pig, this uh, out-of-control, wild boar Harvey Weinstein. Uh, sexual, and, and you know, now we're hearing about decades, decades of predatory sexual behavior. A man completely out of control, uh, not in control of his sexual urges. And um, uh, women have been harassed uh, extraordinary in extraordinary ways over and over again, um, and, and possibly even and some women have come forward and claimed that he is a rapist, that he wasn't just harassing them or imposing his big, fat, bullying body on them, walking around in bathrobes, asking, being nude in tubs, asking for uh, massages, whatever it is this guy was doing. Meanwhile, he's married, of course. Aren't all these guys married? Roger Ailes, Bill Clinton. <laughs> I mean, uh, what's his name? Bill O'Reilly, you know, that son of a bitch. All these people are married. I guess they have kids. And um, their wives either stick with them or they leave them. And all of this has a lot to do with the same factors to let them get away with stuff, which is they have power and they have money. But because of divorce laws, um, which were developed, I suppose, in the, uh, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, which are more equitable for women, um, they don't have to hang on, maybe in the 60s and 70s, they don't have to hang on to these pigs anymore to have their money. They can get a divorce, right? And they can get a settlement. But um, um, 
So this guy Weinstein, and one of the reasons I think that uh, such a big deal is being made, and there's lots of reasons why it's important uh, that this is happening. It's not just pure gossip. Um, I mean, uh, it's there's reasons for it. One is that he's uh, quote unquote liberal, whatever that means anymore. Uh, people talked about Clinton, you know, and uh, Hillary Clinton said there was a vast right wing conspiracy. She's right, of course. There is a vast right wing conspiracy, mostly headed by the Koch brothers. But that's for another whole show. I'm reading uh, Jane Myers or Jane Mayer. How do you say it? M-A-Y-E-R. Dark Money, which is an interesting book. It's not just about, um, not just about, uh, but, and, and you read about, uh, when Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes, when these two guys were discovered, you know, although everybody knew about this, the same thing with Weinstein. Everybody has known about this for decades, about their sexual harassment, about their uh, sexual advances, I don't know about Ailes and um, <coughs> O'Reilly and whether or not there was any rape involved. But um, And he, there's an article in, in Media Matters here the other day. Um, quote a little bit from it, not too much. Uh, by Pam Vogel, V-O-G-E-L, in Media Matters. <clears throat> the primary public, I'm just quoting from something internally, the primary public conversation beginning to play out about this Weinstein thing uh, now is familiar. How is our how is our culture? How has our culture in film, in politics, across all partisan divides, allowed this violence to persist for so long? Well, question, and you get the answer, right? I mean, power and money and masculine dominance. It's the way it's always been. And she's asking. Also, a secondary conversation is also emerging, centered more squarely on the media. What is the responsibility of journalists? tasked with reporting the facts and acting in the public interest, which many of them don't, uh, when they encounter serial interpersonal violence that's been allowed to persist without public knowledge. And um, she goes through all this stuff. She's talking about, um, here, the Weinstein reports, and before them the Bill O'Reilly reports, the Roger Ailes reports, the Bill Cosby reports, the Woody Allen reports, the Roman Polanski reports, and, of course, the Donald Trump reports have showcased all of this. Uh, and she goes on to explain about how um, a lot of these stories had finally come out, but that they had gone on for so long. And she and other people have concluded, of course, and uh, there are articles in the paper about this, that um, really a lot of people had to collaborate. They had to, uh, they had to collaborate in the silence and covering things up. So a guy like Weinstein or Ailes or... Um, Let's use Weinstein as an example, because all these people, Clinton and Weinstein and uh, Ailes and O'Reilly, but this guy Weinstein, um, they, he, a guy who has hundreds of millions of dollars, who is the head of a gigantic film company or a very large film company, had tremendous power. He could make stars out of people. People could become stars. Women could become stars. And uh, <coughs> uh, women who are completely unknown could become, um, you know, could get parts in his movies. This could happen. Um, and he used his power. He used the power of his money, and he used what a lot of these guys do. Think of Clinton, I don't know about Ailes and O'Reilly. Uh, they used their, uh, their, their physical power. They used their physical strength, right? Men have always been and still are generally stronger than women. Combine that with um, too much power in one person's hands, Combine that with, you know, I guess you have to have a certain attitude. Not every man who has had tremendous power 
and um, you know, a lot of money has been uh, brutal or a bully. But a whole lot of them have, a high percentage of them have. I mean, didn't Jesus once say that the meek shall inherit the earth? I wonder what the man was talking about. Does it look like the meek are inheriting the earth? No. <laughs> Did it ever look like the meek would be inherited? What were the signs that he saw that the meek would inherit? Am I, under- am I misunderstanding what he said? Probably. There's a million explanations of every biblical phrase and saying. But he said the meek will inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. I don't think so. I don't know. Um, the meek are not doing too well. I mean, all over the world, the meek are being stepped on. They're being uh, bombed. They're being starved to death. They are the victims of plagues. <clears throat> they are the victims of insane, uh, brutal dictatorships of mass murder by armies. And when you get a guy like Trump in there, yeah, am I wandering all over the place? Yeah, I probably am. When you get a guy like Trump in there, he, um, you know, he is uh, the the poster poster maniac for suppressing uh, the rights of the meek, of the poor, of the old, of anybody who's a minority, of women. Yes, and here's Trump. Here's Trump, who always had this tremendous amount of money and privilege, and. Um, you know, it's basically, uh, who knows what he did. But, I mean, when that tape came out, remember that tape, that groping tape that came out? It was Access Hollywood that came out during the election. Did you not think that that was the end of the man? That no man like that, and this is the problem with American culture. Okay, let me return to what I was saying before. You have to have a lot of conspiracy and collaboration. A lot of people in the movie business or in the TV business or the media business in general um, were afraid of people like Ailes and O'Reilly and Weinstein and a lot of people in politics afraid of Clinton. They were afraid of them, what they could do to them. They were afraid that they could end their careers or ruin their careers. People like this have so much money. They have uh, an army of PR people who could put poisonous stories in the newspaper about you if you complained about them. They had lawyers. You know, They have uh, <clears throat> whole buildings worth of lawyers, all these people, who could go after you, find out everything, uh, private investigators, find out everything that, every, that you ever did that was wrong, and use it on you to blackmail you, to shut up. And, you know, a lot of people, and of course, in women in our culture, women in our culture, have been dealing with this since before history. You just shut up because you could get in worse trouble. And most of the authorities have always been, up until recent times, uh, men. And a lot of these men tended to be a little uh, rough themselves, right? Uh, so you just didn't complain. Or if you did complain, you got nowhere. Or if you finally did make it to court and you were a woman, uh, and this is in our modern system, if you made it to court and you were a woman, of course, in the old days, if you complained, if you dared to complain about anybody, and you can see this still lasting in some of the more primitive places on earth, like Afghanistan, if you actually said a word to anybody or complained to anybody who might represent authority or even spoke out loud, you would be killed. That would be the end of you. You know, you would actually be killed. But uh, now, let's say in the American system, in the modern world, in a lot of, uh, you know, civilized countries, you make it to court. You make it to court. You are every last thing about you. You are, you become, uh, the victim becomes, um, becomes shamed, 
um, becomes, uh, you know, overwhelmed, becomes terrified. Every last thing that you ever did wrong, uh, they question your motives. What were you doing in that room in the first place? What about uh, your sexual history? On and on. I don't know what they're allowed to ask, but they do. They shame the victims. And a lot of women uh, <clears throat> don't want to be, um, don't want to be, um, you know, shown to the whole world, for, you know, like their, their, whole, their whole life, their personal life to the whole world. Uh, there was um, an Italian model, apparently, who, was, uh, who claimed that she was almost raped, that she was practically assaulted by this pig, Weinstein. <clears throat> and um, news came out, leaked, somehow news leaked to the New York Post, one of the most vile newspapers in the world, Murdoch's paper. And they put a front page picture of her on it, something about, uh, and they, they showed a, a, a revealing photo of her. She was a model. And something about, uh, basically they were saying, and I don't have the exact words here. It's lost in one of my endless articles that I print out here. And I shouldn't print out all these articles all the time. It just confuses me when I'm trying to talk. You know, I have all these articles in front of me, um, but they just get in my way. If I try to quote from it, it slows down my uh, stream of consciousness here. So, uh, you know, and it ex- basically exposed her, and it was saying essentially that she was a slut. Although she brought this news to people, and she complained to the authorities, and she complained to, uh, I guess, a couple of reporters. Um, somehow, some PR people working for Weinstein and um, <clears throat> some, um, some private investigators and other people managed to let the New York Post know about this. They put on, you know, the nudist photo they could put on of this woman, after all, she's a model, and uh, implied in a big front-page headline that she was a slut. So much for Harvey Weinstein's uh, crimes, right? The other thing about Harvey Weinstein, and the same applied to Bill Clinton, but especially Harvey Weinstein, Harvey, this proves that, uh, as if anybody ever needed any proof, that power and brutality and sexual predation crosses uh, party lines. There's no such thing as uh, if you're a liberal or you're a Democrat. I mean, the liberals and the Democrats, sure, they were very happy to hear uh, about the hypocrisy, and uh, I enjoyed it myself. I was happy to hear about the the revelations of the crimes, and uh, yeah, I'm not happy about the crimes, but I was happy to hear that the hypocrisy of people like Ailes, one of the most destructive human beings in the media that we've had in the last 30 years in this country, and the Bill O'Reilly, same thing. <coughs> uh, same would go for Rush Limbaugh if he ever had sex. I don't know if he does. But, um, yeah, anybody who was a Democrat or a liberal, was happy to hear about them because it's defeat for their side. But meanwhile, it appears as if, and I'll move on here, that, um, that, uh, you know, that Weinstein, who was a, a huge contributor and bundler, a contributor uh, raising millions and millions of dollars over the last couple of decades for the Clintons and other liberal and other Democratic politicians and uh, candidates, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, now uh, liberals are embarrassed by it. And it's uh, a good thing that a paper like the New York Times, which is sort of middle of the road to slightly liberal, um, printed that. Good for them, you know. Um, you don't have to bend over backwards, you know, to, uh, to go after every last little crime that any liberal ever committed just to show you how fair you, just to show people how fair you are. But this guy... And they're all the same. It doesn't matter. It's just a, it's just a meaningless label. It's a, it's a little tiny piece of fabric stitched onto their, uh, to their uh, nasty jumpsuit, you know. Um, Democrat, liberal, 
conservative, Republican. What's the difference? It seems as if very often that because it's so unnatural what they do that the Republicans uh, who are all voting all the time for uh, anti-abortion laws and trying to cheat women out of their rights or, or steal rights from women that they need, you know, Planned Parenthood. Most of this is always Republicans. It turns out, of course, that and, or passing laws um, that they want to get into the Constitution or laws against uh, gays at all, even to exist, <laughs> that these guys always wind up being the ones who get caught in the men's room making approaches, you know, to, uh, to boys or other men uh, who uh, there was a, recently a guy, I think his last name is Murphy, from Pennsylvania, who was a congressman, who just the uh, last week, did the very day, the very day, I think, that he voted for an anti-abortion uh, measure somewhere in, uh, as a rider to some bill in Congress, um, <clears throat> depriving women of their rights for abortions, for legal abortions. It turned out that there was a text that was printed um, because it was sent to the news that he had sent a text, a text was sent to him or back and forth to his girlfriend. He's married, of course. And uh, his girlfriend uh, said, you know, I see that you're making speeches about uh, women shouldn't have an abortion and passing laws that women should have an abortion. This is from his girlfriend, right? But when I got pregnant last month, uh, you didn't have any hesitation in sending me off for an abortion. So this guy has finally resigned. It mostly seems to be Republicans who do this. I don't know why. But the Democrats have their share of hypocrites. And, you know, so it's good that uh, people know, that, know, know about this. You know, that, that's one of the benefits, like I was saying, of the, um, of the 24-hour news, you know, all the time. That you always have to, something to report. So is there improvement in the world, the, in this nasty, chaotic, crazy, violent, sick world, superficial world? I mean, look at Tr- I mean, Trump. Jesus. It's, yes, there is improvement. Yes, even from Mr. Negative here, there is improvement. We know, the fact that we know so much all the time about all these people is a good thing in a way. There's so much that's bad that we know because we know all the time about everybody. I don't want to hear it. We shouldn't even know it. All these things could be manipulated. All the technology is not our friend a lot of the time. But what's good about this is that... um, there are more ways of uh, finding out information. Information is spread more easily, and it's good to know about all these, all these people because they got away with this stuff a lot more a long time ago, this brutalization of women. They got away with it, and they bought women off. But women have more power than they used to have, and they are able to, um, to say and do more things about it than they used to. And even still, they're afraid. They've been paid off. It's still a man's world. And with a guy like Trump in there, see, this is, this is the problem. A guy like Trump is, he, that tape that came out, I can grope any woman I want, you know, expletive deleted, the pussy grabber, right? Trump. After that came out, how did anybody vote for him? That's what you have to ask yourself. These people don't exist in a vacuum by themselves. There is an entire culture. There is an entire culture Basically, a masculine-dominated culture, a money- and power-dominated culture, the way it's always been most places in the world, it still is, and a man's world, they got away with it. They got away with it all this time. And uh, it's the culture itself that contributes to it. They couldn't do it by themselves. They were just Harvey Weinstein and uh, Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes and Bill Clinton and Cosby. If it was just them, so what? They would maybe try it, and if they weren't, you know, but 
<clears throat> the rich and the famous, especially now, uh, the more of a personality you are with any kind of content. And Donald Trump is the ultimate symbol of this. Here's a guy who has been, who has done many things to women. Some of them probably could be classified as crimes. And he is a pig and a son of a bitch and a, a man who demeans and objectifies women uh, more even than most uh, men might even sometimes, right? And evidence of it, you know, sound <laughs> is revealed, tape is revealed nationally. And yet, after that, millions and millions and millions of people, including millions of women, voted for this man. If we live in a country and a culture like that, what are we to expect that Donald Trump got any votes at all is a bad, bad sign. But on the other hand, what's good about this Weinstein revelation is that he's going to wind up being in jail if he doesn't wind up you know, trying to escape uh, the country. But where could he possibly go? I don't know. Um, and his wife said she's leaving him, uh, which is what's new. I mean, he can't say now, <clears throat> yeah, although I think he said it the other day, but it's not true. I'm going to try to spend some time with my family. All these pigs say, I'm going to spend some time with my family. And it, nine times out of ten, it doesn't work out. I was going to talk, and speaking of sexual predators and sleaze and male dominance, I was going to talk about, you Hefner died last week, but I don't really have the time for that right now. Um, but that's a whole other subject. But it's all part of the same culture. Meanwhile, let's, uh, we're going to move on to something else, but um, let's first hear it down in the hall. That's a wonderful song, especially that rendition of it. That's a Tom Waits song, but uh, that's the Blind Boys of, uh, of Alabama down in the hole. <clears throat> the other big news, uh, amidst all this other news, is that uh, the Boy Scouts uh, are now going to accept girls in the Boy Scouts. Um, there's a lot to say about this, and what I would try to do is get somebody, maybe people who have, if you have been a Girl Scout, or uh, you have been a Boy Scout, um, get in touch with me, Mike Fader, at the Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R, 
F-I-L-E-S.com. I would love to talk to you and possibly even interview you. Specifically, I'd like to interview you on the radio about your experience as a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout or a Brownie or a Cub Scout. I was never a Cub Scout, but I was a Boy Scout. But the Boy Scouts now are accepting uh, girls. They're accepting girls. Uh, how many girls will want to be Boy Scouts? I really don't know. I mean, there are the Girl Scouts. There is the Girl Scouts. And um, one of the announcements by the Boy Scouts was, Boy Scouts will, here's from the, um, the headline, Boy Scouts will accept girls in bid to shape the next generation of leaders. The fact that they've been separate all this time, does it mean that they're equal, right? Yeah, I was a Boy Scout. Yes, I was a Boy Scout. There was no way, I mean, it was beyond imagination. You would have to be, you would be accused of being insane or um, there would be something deeply wrong with you to even imagine that girls could be Boy Scouts. I mean, that was the whole point of the Boy Scouts. One, I should say, the whole point. The, one of the big points of the Boy Scouts was you got away from women. It's the old, you know, American Tom Sawyer thing. Get away from women. Get out. Get out in the world. Get away from, the, from these women. They always want you to wash, and they want you to do your homework, and they want you to go to school, and they want you to do your chores. And, uh, you know, you don't have to listen to their babble. You don't have to listen to all their petty little rules. Just get out on the river. <laughs> get, out and get out into the woods, right? The Boy Scouts. And, of course, the other, uh, the, other, the other things about the Boy Scouts were that it was always a military organization. You know, you wore a uniform. You wore a khaki uniform like you were in the Army. And you had badges and you had medals. <coughs> and you had ranks, first class, to second class, first class Eagle Scout. And, um, and when I was growing up in the 50s, a lot of people, millions of boys were in the Boy Scouts. Well, I was in the Boy Scouts. And uh, for me, it was a good thing. Having no father, it was a good thing to have all these, uh, these men, most of whom... And in the 50s, most of the people who ran Boy Scout troops uh, were guys from World War II. They had been in the service, or a lot of them had been in combat. Uh, they were our heroes, and they knew what it was like to have a hierarchy, discipline, to survive uh, in the wilderness, although going up to the Catskills in New York State for an overnight hike um, wasn't exactly the wilderness, but, I mean, it wasn't northern France, uh, after D-Day, but, uh, you know, that's what these guys, that, that, that was their experience, and that's what they taught us in the Boy Scouts. But one thing was, you know, you're, you're off with other boys and with men. This is ancient rituals. You know, I'm not an anthropologist, not a sociologist. I mean, I can't examine all this stuff. And I mean, there's uh, a thousand books been written about this. But there was, an, you know, an ancient ritual, which um, goes back prehistory, practically, probably, where... Uh, you know, little boys and little girls grow up and, uh, you know, they cling to their mothers. But at a certain point, little boys have to be taken away or are uh, or want to be away from their mothers. And maybe this is a natural developmental thing. Psychologically, I don't know. And, and they are uh, they, there is a ritual. There is a ritual. And they are um, they are brought into the world of men. A separate world, the world of men, the world of hunters, the world of dominance, the world of power, right? And um, this kind of thing culturally expressed in all sorts of different ways through the ages, through the centuries, <clears throat> even through the decades. Uh, it's always been a ritual where men, where boys become men, right? And then girls become women, but it's a separate world. 
So is it, nece- is it necessarily a bad thing that girls now will be welcomed, not by every Boy Scout or every man, but they are welcomed into the Boy Scouts? I don't know. I mean, the world has completely changed from when I was a kid. The 50s were like a million years ago. Might as well have been cave age. Um, <clears throat> uh, my kids, uh, when my kids went to college and I went to visit them, they live in mixed dorms, which I did not. I mean, it was amazing to me. I mean, mixed dorms, girls and boys uh, on the same dormitory floor, walking back and forth, headed to the bathrooms, whatever, showers. <laughs> Extraordinary, right? And um, uh, now there are women in the Army. There are women in combat. The world is coming together. It's, it's, it maybe, maybe it's a good thing. It's a good thing that men and women aren't so completely divided, that men and women don't see each other as they, as they had and I probably in a lot of ways still do, but as they had for tens of thousands of years. Yes, women are like that. Men are like this. Never the twain shall meet. You can see remnants of this in uh, religious fundamentalism in this country, and you could see it in, uh, in a lot of Muslim countries where women are relegated to not just second-class citizenship, but somewhere between uh, you know, uh, slaves, sometimes beasts of burden. That's what men treat them like. In Saudi Arabia, there was just this wonderful news for women. They were allowed to drive for the first time. Imagine that. These sons of bitches, Saudis, right? <laughs> so women, all these countries, covered up. Women, stay home. Your place is in the kitchen. Your place is in the bedroom. Shut up. Have children. The Nazis, right? The Nazis with their Hitler youth, a more extreme brand of the Boy Scouts. Uh, and uh, was there uh, a girl's? Uh, yes, there was. There was a girl's... Um, you know, division or something, a girls, uh, separate girls uh, group. And it was called, I don't know, the, uh, the something maidens or other. And their job was, you know, to exercise, keep themselves in good shape, looking good, be Aryan, and have lots of um, German children. So that these German children, hopefully boys, could grow up to be, you know, good uh, German soldiers and uh, loyal party members. Boys, boys, boys. Forget about women. So that's the extreme. This is what happens when you get too many men with too much testosterone carried away completely. You get fundamentalists in every religion, uh, I mean in every religion, right, every place on earth, and treating women uh, like slaves. Uh, Women in India, the Supreme Court in India just passed, uh, just uh, made a decision that child brides uh, cannot be sexually molested, that it's against the law. I guess up until now it wasn't. In India, there are millions of uh, girls, 14, 15 years old, married off to men twice their age or more for whatever reason. You know, they're basically bought and sold. They're trafficked. And now, uh, now the Supreme Court in India has said uh, that um, <clears throat> any woman under the age of 18 who, uh, even if she's married and is made to have sex with a man, uh, it's rape. So little by little, Hopefully, things are changing. Things are changing. But the fact that the, uh, there was a great op-ed piece in the Times today. I practically don't have any time left here. Too bad. Um, uh, from a woman who is pointing out the realities, the, the economic and the political realities here. Apparently, and I can only have a minute here or so at the most, apparently, uh, the Boy Scouts have always been, and everybody knows this, have always been connected to churches, and they're conservative. They have always been conservative. The Boy Scouts have always been a conservative organization. And um, 
they are uh, their meetings uh, are held in synagogues or in churches, and uh, they are if they lean anyway, it's to the right wing. And uh, uh, the Girl Scouts apparently, and I don't know about the Girl Scouts, but the Girl Scouts, according to this woman who knows about this, were always a very liberal organization comparatively. Um, relationships with all sorts of, um, you know, uh, with Doctors Without Borders and things like this, whereas the Boy Scouts were always very right-wing in a way and very military. The Girl Scouts, maybe because they're women (laughs) and not as given to uh, brutality and dominance and violence, which is a complicated cultural thing, Uh, maybe even something that has to do with, uh, you know, with genetic stuff. But the women were not... The women in the Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts were always a very liberal organization. What this woman is saying, who wrote this piece, was that the Boy Scouts, who are floundering, who are not making any money anymore, they have lost a tremendous number of members. People don't want to be Boy Scouts anymore for all sorts of reasons. And um, uh, they also don't have much money like they used to. The 50s, 60s, 70s was a big thing for them. They're, taking the, they're letting the Girl Scouts come in because they need their money, right? And uh, they need more membership. So she's urging girls, you know, you stick with the Girl Scouts until the Boy Scouts ever start to change. But maybe they would change if women, if girls and their mothers and their families became involved in, um, you know, in, um, in, um, in the Cub Scouts. They were merged with the Brownies. And if, if women became, um, if girls became Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, what would they call them? They couldn't even call them Boy Scouts anymore. Scouts. If that happened, maybe the women would bring their liberal temperament, which they apparently have in the Girl Scouts, and change things. So it's a big question. A lot of men, and it affects me this way too, what, girls in the Boy Scouts? It's politically correct. Politically correct bullshit. No, maybe not. It's just the way of the world. Mixed dormitories, women in combat, more women should be in the higher ranks of business, more women should be in Congress and in the Senate, there should be a woman president. These things will happen. This can't, this male stuff cannot go on forever. I think it's the last stand. Well, anyhow, I had other stuff here that I was going to talk about. But, uh, yes, girls will be joining the Boy Scouts. And I don't think, I don't think that, um, that a lot of girls are going to be motivated to join the Boy Scouts. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, apparently in the article here it said there, the Boy Scouts claim that um, – that um, <clears throat> that there are uh, you know girl scout girls who um, who weren't satisfied with the Girl Scouts or who always wanted to be in the Boy Scouts. Well, the main, one of the main things is, and this is what uh, the Boy Scouts are saying, and what what women are are saying too, is the Boy Scouts teaches leadership, being a military and a disciplined and authoritarian organization, and that's a good thing. It teaches leadership, but the Girl Scouts do they teach leadership? Leadership of what? It's still the old divisions. These things are all connected. The Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, uh, where, what men do in society, what women do, what women have to fight for. Even, I mean, with a guy like Trump, they have to fight right up to this very second all the time to keep their rights, to get more rights, to get more power that they deserve, more equality. Um, it's a good thing uh, to merge these two. To mix dorms is a good idea, I think, right? It's a good idea. You don't have these crazy frat boy uh, mentality and uh, it's divided by sorority. But in the end, don't girls want to be with girls sometimes and not with boys? Don't boys want to be with boys and not with girls? Isn't that completely natural? Don't men want to be with men sometimes and women with women? If you mix everybody together, what do you get? I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. There's no way of knowing. What do you get? 
beats me. But the way the world is now and the way it's always been, men are destroying it. Basically, men are destroying the world. They're actually killing the world and murdering everybody in the process. And you get a guy like Trump, God, I mean, Trump, will he ever be gotten rid of? I don't know. I hope so. The sooner the better. All right, that's enough for today. Uh, This has been Mike Fader, rambling on and on. Uh, As I mentioned before, uh, get in touch with me, please. I'd love to hear from you about all these subjects, especially if you were a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout and you wanted to talk about it on the radio. Um, Don't be scared. It'll be easy to do. You'll be on the phone. No problem. I'll talk to you. And uh, otherwise, uh, I will see you next week, uh, and we'll be talking about something else. Meanwhile, thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you then. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays